Hi, everybody. Welcome to yet another inspiring interview with highly sensitive entrepreneur David Lyon from Evolving Man. Hi, David. It is so lovely to have you here today. Hi, Welcome. Thank you. Could you tell us a little bit more about Evolving Man? Because I'm dying to hear what it is. <laughs> sure. So I started this project around, by now it's 10 months. Mm -hmm. um, and it first just grew out of my own questions of what does it mean to be a man and facing the expectations from the outside of how a man is supposed to be like and really mm -hmm. struggling with that and kind of, yeah, not really having any ground on what does it mean to me to be a man. Mm -hmm. and so I started asking myself questions. I started talking to other men and realized, wow, there's many men out there who struggle with that yeah and yeah so then I was like wow this is what I feel really called to work on to create spaces where men come together and ask questions show themselves with their vulnerability with their mm -hmm. insecurities with all the things that we're not supposed to show yeah and yeah just create spaces in which we can be ourselves and in which this is not a contradiction anymore to being a man. Like mm -hmm. all of my parts are part of me being a man. Yes. Yeah. I think that's very important because I think that there are a lot of sensitive men out there that feel that they don't fit in and, and that are looking for a place or maybe not even knowing that they are looking, but still looking for a place to fit in or a place to belong. So I think it's, it's amazing what you're doing. Mm, thank you. Did you always know that this is what you wanted to do? No. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I mean, if I look back, I would say I always struggled with that question of what does it mean to be a man? And um, just looking back at my childhood and, I don't know, seeing how I was different from my father, for example, and not really understanding how that is or what does that mean about me or my father. So I guess... The struggle was, was always there, but this awareness of, wow, this is what I'm going to work on, uh, absolutely not. No. <laughs> and what would you say was your biggest reason to start this project? Hmm. I'd say the biggest reason was my own pain. Mm-hmm just seeing wow this it felt it felt like working together with other men and and creating this kind of community of men this kind of brotherhood mm -hmm. felt like this was a place where a lot of strings from my life were aligning into one big thread mm. so it was like that that was there was my personal challenge my my personal questions there was my wish to contribute to a change in the world there was my wish to become self-employed. There was my mm -hmm. wish to, you know, create something that is both for myself and the people involved sustainable. So mm -hmm. it was like so many things coming into line suddenly, like a pff, alignment. Yes. So mm -hmm. it was like an internal feeling of, yes, this is it. This is what I, what I want, what I need to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is what I feel called. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that takes guts because there are a lot of people out there, maybe they're watching right now, that feel something. They feel that there's something missing, that they ask them, is, is this really all there is? And, and But they are scared often to explore that feeling and, and even more scared to actually take action. Mm. So it's amazing that, that you actually took action and that you experience how it feels and, and that it's, it's so wonderful. Yeah, and I think what for me had to happen before was letting go of a lot of things that did not serve me. So, for mm -hmm. example, I was studying psychology and after th almost three years, I realized I'm not doing this really for myself. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not doing this, you know, coming from a place of inner fulfillment. I was doing this to meet expectations of others. Yes. And so in, in one moment, I realized... I'm, I'm not going to continue studying, but I didn't know what would come afterwards. It was no. just, it was, it was just first, it was just a clear no. It was like, no, this is not part of the life I want to live. And so I think this is, this is actually the bigger courage because what you enter in then is a kind of void. Yes. You're like, okay, I know this is not what is true for me. I don't know what's coming. And mm -hmm. I think it doesn't work to wait until something is coming and only then to let go of what you're currently in. I think at some point you need to take that jump. I don't think it comes unless you take the jump. Exactly. It has everything to do with your comfort zone and getting out of it. And most people, they stay nice and comfy in their comfort zone and, and they, they, they experience that it might not be that great, but they don't, feel the urge to, to explore. And I think it takes a lot of guts, whether you said, or also to, to feel that this is not the life for you, that this is not the thing that you want to do, but don't have a backup plan and then take the leap anyway. Yes. And I think what's, for me, what's really important is to understand, I mean, no one is forcing me to follow this too, because it's also, it's also challenging and, you know, there are reasons why people stay in their comfort zone yes. and to, to have this compassion with myself that no matter how I choose, even if I stay in that, uh, you know, whatever corporate path or whatever it is, I'm still okay. It's just at some point for me realizing what is the most self-caring thing I can do. Mm -hmm. And yes. in, in some moments that might actually mean staying in my comfort zone. And in other moments it might mean taking a huge jump because where I am is really, it's really unbearable. It's not where I want to be. Mm -hmm. But to kind of hold the space for both. Like, it's also okay to stay in my comfort zone. To yes. not constantly push myself out. Like, I need to every day, you know, face my fears and do all that. Like, for me, that creates a different kind of pressure. Exactly. Then I think you would be like an extreme high sensation seeker or something. I don't think that anybody could cope with constantly pushing yourself over your limits you need time especially as a highly sensitive person to to recuperate and also to have downtime and and no stress that everything can level out again before you venture out on your next adventure instead of yes. constantly pushing yourself for adventure i agree yeah. and also to trust that the times where not that much is happening on the outside this this time for integration where maybe something, you know, I, I took a step and then there's a kind of downtime to acknowledge that this is such an important part of, of the path of the experience yes. of the growth and to yes. not, 
jump right away into the next thing, but really give the nervous system time to sort of digest what's happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you also suffer from the I am not good enough syndrome? <laughs> no, never. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very hard to live in today's world, in today's Western world at least, and not have that belief ingrained. Yes. I think so, yeah. especially as a sensitive person, yeah. Yeah. And how did you overcome that? Or how do you handle it? Maybe mm. uh, probably is still there for me. It's also still there sometimes more and sometimes less, but it's, it never really goes away. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, the thought is still there. The question is how much, how much do I believe the thought? Like how much weight do I put into the thought? Yes. Um, and... How do I handle it? I think it's an expression of something else. Like when I have the thought I'm not good enough, there are some emotions there that want to be experienced, maybe shame or pain or mm -hmm. sadness, whatever it is. And so when I hear the thought, I go into my body and see what is actually there. And, and then I realize, okay, so there's something uncomfortable happening in my body and having that thought is a kind of protection from experiencing the discomfort in my body. Mm -hmm. And so when I realize that, I can have compassion for myself and say, yes. well, yeah, it makes sense because it's uncomfortable. And probably at some point, I did not have the capacity to experience this, to feel safe while experiencing this. Mm -hmm. But now I do. And now I also have the support of other people when I feel like, okay, this is too much. I, I connect with people who I know uh, love me. And then they can give me the perspective of, well, I'm, I'm okay. I'm enough. Yes. Awesome. Yes. It's very valuable. I often feel like I am talking with myself. I have this like inner conversation with that part that's scared. And I imagine putting my arm around it and comforting it and saying, yeah, of course you're scared because this is a big step and it's into the unknown. And it's, it's more than natural to feel scared and, and to feel that you might not be enough to handle this. But at the same time, you also feel that this is your calling. So don't worry, I'm here and together we will do this. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a great point to, to also understand that this part that says I'm not good enough, I don't want this, whatever, it has a role. It's not like this is just an obstacle to overcome. It's like one member of our inner team that also has valuable input. And I think it's yes. really important to acknowledge it. Yes, definitely, because it usually has something to tell. And it's yeah. a good moment to stand still and to, to, to listen and then decide what action you want to take. Exactly. Yeah. Was there a certain moment in your entrepreneurial journey that really gave you like an aha experience? Mm. So many. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the biggest one that still, you know, strikes me at times is to realize that being an entrepreneur is so much about being willing to fail. And just noticing how much I'm trying to avoid failing mm -hmm. where in the failure lies the biggest learning. And if I constantly avoid the risk of failing, mm -hmm. I don't really progress. No. And to see that the, to see the value of failing in the sense that it's not 
something that again to I need to overcome overcome as quickly as possible to reach my goal but there's so much valuable learning in yes. the failing that yes. I could never anticipate that I would realize from my failure exactly and, and to link it back to the not good enough I think it's so valuable to fail and realize and I'm still here I'm still enough mm -hmm. you know I failed but you know I'm, I'm, I'm still breathing I'm still alive so Maybe it's actually not that bad to fail. Yes, I, I've come to think of it no longer as failing. I used to see it as failing. And now I see it as a discovery of a way that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And a learning point. And that's actually also what, what Edison said eh? when he was trying to invent the light bulb. He said, I found a thousand ways that don't work. Yes. Not that I failed over and over and over again and no, I just found a thousand ways in, in which it doesn't work until yeah. I found the one way that does work yeah and for me that's what it is yeah it's like a shift of mindset where I don't define my success anymore by you know reaching exactly the goal I wanted to reach but by seeing how many treasures I'm receiving on the way there that I yeah I, I would never be able to expect to reach there, to get them there. Yes. And then, exactly. yeah, then it becomes way more playful and yes. fun. Yes. I think it, your life should be fun. I think you're on the right path the moment that you can experience that fun and give yourself the freedom also to be able to experience it. Yes. While at the same time acknowledging that, you know, I mean, there will always be challenges and to, that's it's easy to fall in. Yeah. It's easy to fall into the trap of believing because something is uncomfortable. It's not the right thing. No, but no, that should not be the judgment. I think the judgment should be the way it makes you feel because I don't know how it's for you, but sometimes I, when I decided to, to invest a lot of money in my coach, for instance, it, I, it felt really uncomfortable and I had all these ideas about how oh, am I going to pay for it and it is so much money and mm. I have to earn it back again and oh, oh. but at the same time there was this feeling yes he is going to take me a step further this is what I want to do I feel that this is my next step so even though it felt really uncomfortable and I had all these kinds of thoughts around it it, it did feel intuitively like the next step mm -hmm. yeah, i think that's like, the measurement yeah like an inner yes yeah <laughs> it's kind of oh, moving forward like oh. yes so feel the fear and do it anyway when and if it feels like the next step yeah yeah how would you say that your life changed now that you are an entrepreneur <laughs> uh, it changed in every aspect because I I'm creating my own daily structure mm -hmm. I am much more aware of my responsibility for you know for for creating my structure for earning money for doing something that I love you know it's harder to blame someone else when I'm self-employed yes <laughs> you can only blame yourself usually exactly so yeah, I would say, I would say everything has changed really. I mean, mm -hmm. just my whole, my whole perspective on life has changed in the sense that I'm not, 
I'm not a passenger anymore. I feel way more in the driver's seat. Yes, you took the range of your life. Yeah. So would you say it improved in a positive way or it changed in a positive way? Yeah, I mean, of course. And at the same time, there are many challenges. It's like, it, it's not the, the, the miracle path that suddenly eliminates all problems, no. but it's more like getting closer to the problems I'm excited to solve. Yes, you know, like it back, allows you freedom to choose. Yeah, like back when I was studying, I had problems that I did, did not feel like solving. Like they were, they were not exciting to me. Like the next exam, like I feel like I felt I had to study, but you know, it, it didn't feel exciting. Now there are different problems where I feel like, okay, wow, this is challenging, but it's also like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Yes. Go for it. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And that's the one of the freedom parts that you have when you become your own boss to only go for the things, even though they are scared, but that make you feel like, yes, this, this is my motivation. This is what I want to do instead of having to do the things that other people tell you to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, one part that's so important to acknowledge is I often face big fears because of that, because... Mm -hmm. I, I chose a path where I can sense my, my self-responsibility very clearly mm -hmm. and where, yeah, as I said, I cannot blame others so much anymore for my misfortune. Mm -hmm. And so that's a big responsibility. That's like the other side that comes with freedom, the responsibility of I'm also responsible in a way for the, um, for what follows my actions, for the mm -hmm. results of my actions. And yes. also to be way more aware of the unknown, of this kind of, I don't know what's coming. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell. No. And to, to stand in front of that and really feel what that does to your body, that's a lot. Like, mm -hmm. That's a lot to feel. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> What would you say that you would never have accomplished if you had not become an entrepreneur? Hmm. Hard to say if never is accurate, but I think one thing that's really changed for me is... Um, and I'm still sort of learning that, but really asking for what I need. Mm -hmm. Like not waiting for, for people to offer me and kind of being this passive kind of, hi, I need this, but also I feel uncomfortable asking for it, but just being like, hey, this is what I need. Like my crowdfunding campaign, you know, <laughs> to yeah. write to so many people, hey, I need money. I have this really cool project that I'm so excited about. I need, I need your help. Yes. To, to overcome the discomfort of, being seen as needy mm -hmm. of needing something from other people and just, yeah, this kind of, there's, there's a kind of confidence that grows in that. Like, Hey, this is what I need. Um, I would love you to help me. And if you don't, then don't, you know, like no hard feelings because yes. I want my project to go through and mm -hmm. I'm willing to ask as many people as, as I need 
to get that. So I cannot get stuck on the no. no. I have to keep moving. But I can imagine that it took some getting over things to be able to start your crowdfunding because it, it does mean that you have to ask people for things. Exactly. And I mean, just becoming a person that stands a bit more in the public light also means that you will receive, you know, all facets of reactions. Mm -hmm. Some people so, love you, some people hate you, and you need to learn exactly. how to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's a big challenge for me because I like, it does a lot to me when I get negative feedback. So it's a big mm -hmm. practice for me to stay centered. Yes. I know what you mean. I did was something I needed to learn as well. And in the beginning, whenever somebody had a critique or, or, or negative feedback, it, it blew me away. It, it shut me down. And uh, I, was, I was almost devastated or maybe even just devastated by, by that uh, remark or, or comment or whatever it was. And you need to learn, especially when you want to grow in your entrepreneurship, that you will always have lovers and haters and that it doesn't mean that you are suddenly a bad person and somebody doesn't like what you're doing or yeah. doesn't like what you're saying. And that's, it's something that you need to learn. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, it, it, for me, it's a balance between keeping an open heart because I don't want to shut down. I don't want to shut mm -hmm. down to how people respond to me, but mm -hmm. also to, to stay centered within myself and to have this kind of resilience of like, okay, this is really uncomfortable to hear right now, but I'm going to keep moving. Yes. Amazing. Good job. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of the harder things I have experienced from entrepreneurship, having to deal with, with rejection, basically. And that comes from our inherent need to be loved by everybody and, and, and our value of what other people think of us. And sometimes we place too much value in what other people think of us the most important thing needs to be what you think of yourself. And if you can go through your own door every day and be proud of who you are and the things that you're doing, I think that should be the most important part. And either people will love you or they will, do, uh, they don't, but, but that's okay. Not everybody needs to love you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, to also begin to trust that well, I'm having that for me right now as a question, but what if, triggering something uncomfortable in other people what if that's actually part of you know bringing myself to, like gifting myself to the world obviously it's something people don't want to experience to be triggered to feel whatever it is envy or to laugh at me but what if them experiencing this is actually part of the conscious evolution that i want to contribute to Mm -hmm. You know, and then to shift the perception of like, oh, maybe it's actually not a bad thing that people get triggered by, by me showing up. I don't up. think it's a bad thing. It has to do with your learning part, but also with their growing and learning part. Yeah. yeah. What would you say are the three um, benefits of being an entrepreneur? Your top three. The top three. Hmm. connecting to other amazing people mm -hmm. who sort of think think in different ways like this has been huge for me it's mm -hmm. like a different universe people thinking so creatively um being able to experiment so much with every aspect of my life be it 
sleep, be it work, be it relationships, you know, because I'm responsible for all of that. I, I can try out so many different things. Yes. And yeah, it's a lot of play involved in that. Awesome. And then the third. The, I don't know if this is generally for all entrepreneurs, but for, for the work that I'm doing, mm-hmm. I, I can see how I can no longer separate between what, is, what are things that I do for my work mm-hmm. and what is it that I'm doing kind of for myself. Yes. Because, for example, when I read a book and it inspires me, it also inspires my work. Yes. <laughs> and when, when these things start to merge... On one side, it's a challenge to still sort of create space for rest and for, for sort of giving my system some downtime. But on the other side, it's so exciting when, when these parts of my life are not, you know, they're not so separate anymore. Like they're starting yes. to come together and it's like mm-hmm. this one moving sort of thing that just sparks so much, so much interest in me and so much excitement and so much joy. Yeah, if, if you love what you're doing, it doesn't feel like working anymore. And yes. that's also a pitfall that you need to watch out for, that you don't work too much because it's, you enjoy everything so much. Yeah. Yeah. Is there maybe a message that you have for everybody that's watching today that are having doubts about starting their own company or they are not clear on what their passion or their mission is? Hmm. yeah it's a few things i think one thing is be patient take take your time you don't have to solve every challenge you have in a day Mm -hmm. and start nurturing the connection to yourself start learning to listen more to your inner voice and yeah Acknowledge the tiny steps that you're taking every day into the direction that you want to move. Yes. Yes, I think that's a powerful message. It doesn't have to be perfect, even though we are perfectionists at heart. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to have all the answers and you don't have to have it mapped out until uh, when you retire. You just need to take one little step at a time and keep moving. Yeah, and in truth... That's what any entrepreneur really is doing. No one has it figured out. No one really knows what will happen. Maybe with time you'll have more experience and you'll be able to anticipate a bit better. But in truth, no one knows. We're, no. we're all playing a game where we don't really know where we're going. No, and that can be part of the fun. Yes. It can be terrifying, but it can also be part of the fun. Yes. Because it means that the possibi- possibilities are, are endless. Yeah. When we started before, eh, we talked about that you also wanted to give our viewers something. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So I work one-on-one with clients. Mm -hmm. Um, So when people, either people on their entrepreneurial path or men who are facing challenges in just figuring out what they really want, Mm-hmm. Um, so I, ha- I usually have consultations of like um, half an hour to an hour and sometimes I work regularly with people 
-hmm. And so the first three people who will contact me will receive a free half hour consultation. Awesome. And yeah. how can they contact you? Do you have a website or an email address or? Yeah. So the easiest is to contact me at David at evolving minus men.com. Awesome. So if you're watching today and you are a sensitive man and you feel the need to get to know yourself better or to connect with other sensitive men or, or just that there's something that you might not even really know but you do feel that you want to talk to David about it, then please take him up on his offer and contact him at david at evolving-men.com. Thank you, David, for your time and thank you for this wonderful interview. And I think we inspired a lot of people again today. Mm, thank you, Barbara, for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.